Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. <laughs> I'm Elise Morales. <laughs> I'm Millie Tamaris. <laughs> and this is the very hungover Betch Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat. And the Advil, (laughs) the cold brew, to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Listen, we are professionals. We take our jobs very seriously, but we just can't front with you today. And I think that's allowed because it was was a Betches holiday party last night, and I believe they – they force your resignation if you don't if you don't mm-hmm. uh, get lit. No, they definitely don't. <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't. <laughs> We're inclusive That's here. That's not true, but That's not true. <laughs> it is a very generous holiday party, and um, yeah, lots of fun, lots of martinis for me. We partook. There was dancing. There was the drinking of espresso martinis. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I don't know how you guys. Elise, did you exclusively drink espresso martinis? No, I had two okay. of them, and then I said, if. What there's there's that old there's a, like a famous saying about martinis that my mom always says, which is like um, martinis are like boobs. One is too few, two is just perfect, three is too many. Mm-hmm. And so I did stop I at three. two espresso martinis, and then I switched to um, vodka soda with a splash of cranberry juice. Mm. Wow, perfect. maybe where I went wrong <laughs> is that I had multiple. I think I had three yeah. or four, and then I switched to the quote unquote cucumber thing what the cucumber was, thing was good i had the one of cucumber those. thing was fire Delicious. and then i had beer pilsners mm. so honestly the jumpsuit i wore snapped uh <laughs> so i needed to drink to get over my embarrassment that all of betches can see it snapped strength. before before we got even there. left the office and it didn't snap it was just a fucked up zipper which yeah. i hope will be a wrong that that ought to be righted yes and, and Justice. <laughs> Elise was like, I was like, Elise, take pic. I have like eight pictures of me. We, and I'm like, Elise, take pictures of me because I'm going to complain. She's like, right now in the back. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I, yeah, I, I did. Um, literally, as I was ordering my third martini, I was like, ar- I know I was already drunk because I was just saying to everybody, I was like, I don't, I can't, I'm doing a third one. Isn't this crazy? And I was like, okay, man. It's like, Go for it. I'm not. I'm not too bad. I did eat a bowl of pesto pasta before I went to bed, and and really helped myself out. Yeah, I came home and Danny had extra Chinese food, and I was oh. like, "You precious king! I know. I know. You, you king. did exhaust. You exhausted <laughs> the pork chop. Exactly. Yeah. I, I came home and I made my own antipasti. I like sliced some bread with some salami <laughs> wow. and some mozzarella, and I did like a little dipping. I mean, I, I think I should have. My, I should have ate more. Should have, yeah. yeah. I did not eat enough yesterday. Yeah, that's that's real fatty for a. Maybe that's why you had, didn't had a stomachache. Well, <laughs> yes. There's a we lot of things that contributed. 
Yeah, we are here. It is Thursday. We're recording the podcast. We're going to do it. We're going to do our jobs, but uh, we had to be frank with you. But you know, if we could transfer our batches holiday party hangovers to any politician, who would mm. it be? Who who would you force to feel the way you feel right now, Millie? Oh, man. Um, Donald Trump is fresh on the mind because uh, Aubrey O'Day did the Call Her Daddy podcast. Oh, and- God. And um, she talked, very, and I don't, well, I didn't listen to it, but somebody did a six-part like summary of her conversation. Yeah, God bless yeah. people who do that. When Thank someone does it. like a two-hour-long podcast that I have no, I, like no interest in personally listening to, like there are people on TikTok who do the Lord's work and summarize, and Lord's God bless work. them all. I literally said you're doing God's work because I want to know what she says, but <laughs> I don't want to listen to this shit. Um, and she talked. It kind of so him. But then she talked a lot about her affair with Donald Trump Jr. and how she fell in love with him so deeply. And it's kind of sad (laughs) because I kind of see like, not I see like, oh, Donald Trump is hot, but it's just, um, she was saying that he was, he was not like that. Like he was like this cool, interesting person, but he really wanted to impress daddy and Mm. fell into this trap. And like, he was really, you know, he, it was kind of like if Prince Harry just did what the royal family did instead of mm. defend the woman of his dreams. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Probably. So I would give it to Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr. And now Got he's it. with Kimberly Guilfoyle, who the family cuts out of peace. Well, she wasn't on theme, though. <laughs> she wasn't on theme, and that's on her. And She'll also- give her 60,000K to speak at the insurrection, but not, not in the picture, not on the grid. She showed up at a Glinda event looking like Alphaba, and you can't be doing that. Well... I also, my favorite thing was when both of them were on The View. And remember when he like doxxed um, some FBI agent or something? Like Donald Trump Jr. was like, sure this guy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, she was like, I go to the bathroom for two minutes and I come back and he's committed a federal crime. This is why I <laughs> can't O'Day said that? No, no, no. Kimberly oh, Guilfoyle oh. said that. Oh, that's that. right. <laughs> like, she's like, I can't leave him alone with his phone for more than two minutes. Like, she was saying that jokingly, but I'm like, she keeps That's, him in line. Yeah. yeah. Mommy. Oh my God, and that any household. mention of Kimberly Guilfoyle, I just, I always feel you compelled must. to remind everyone that she did used to be married to California Governor Gavin Newsom. So. That is the world we live in. Factor mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. into your understanding of who Gavin Newsom is because he <laughs> was fully married to Kimberly Guilfoyle. So. Who are you going to, who would you transfer your hangover to? Who would I transfer my hangover to? Um... Well, so we're going to talk about it. They passed this stuff. I'm, I, I would want to transfer it to someone who's being annoying so that they could, like, have to stay in bed and not mm-hmm. um, obstruct whatever is happening. Smart, so, smart. You know what? I'm actually going to transfer it to Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because he's, he is uh, gunning for a job that I think will feel like this hangover every single day, which is to run the House Republican caucus next year. Um, he's literally put – he wants that torture for himself. And so I think that, you know, why don't – like, you should get yeah. used to this level of discomfort because you're going to have to be in charge of all the, Love that. the cuckoo people that are in your caucus. They're going to have a, a two-year-long headache. Well, yep. I'm kind of like – Nauseous. Why do these people 
yeah, exactly. I'm like, why do these people want power? Like, like, do they actually want to run or like, do they actually want to do the job or do they actually just want the notoriety to do the job? And then I sat there and I was like, I do comedy. So I fucking also <laughs> hate myself. So who knows? Uh, well, I think that will come up in uh, the later story we're going to talk about. Uh, somebody who has a very interesting side hustle. I think I would transfer mine to Marjorie Taylor Greene because by her own accounts, uh, she could execute a successful murderous insurrection. So I think we got to lay her out. <laughs> I think we got to lay her she out for a couple days um, so I- that she does not do that. Even though she said, what did she say the other day? She was just being facetious. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I was being sarcastic. But she said in this thing, she was like, Babe. they say that I planned the insurrection. But if I planned it, we would have right. won. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Mike Pence would have been People killed? Would be dead. Like, what actually, what outcome are you? Uh, do you actually mean would have taken place? You would have overthrown the U.S. government? Mike Pence, mm-hmm. yeah, would have been hanged. Nancy Pelosi would have been like, what actually do you mean when you say it would have been successful? I would love to hear what you mean by the success. Well, I'm also Chilling. like, you know, Republicans like to say that Democrats can't get over the January 6th and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, why are you bringing attention to this? Like, what if there was a whole committee dedicated to arresting everyone involved? I would <laughs> shut my little ass up and, yeah. and keep fucking my crossfitting trainer. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that's just me. But I'm get also yourself not a an trainer, idiot. as Daphne said. Get yourself, get yourself a trainer do and don't do. be a victim, Marjorie. Marjorie yeah, let the nephew drop you off at the airport and don't ask any questions. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic. The next time you are searching for the perfect gift, now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. All right, now to the news. I got no cute transition today. The government is giving itself an advance on its 20 and 23 paycheck. So tomorrow was the deadline to pass an omnibus spending package, which just means here's all the shit we need to spend money on. We're just going to stuff it in one massive bill. But they have moved that deadline to next week. So the temporary spending bill, a continuing resolution, it's called passed in the House. Nine Republicans did uh, vote for it and it now heads to the Senate. They got to get it to Biden by Friday at midnight. It's pretty boring nuts and bolts stuff. I mean, this might get to the escalation point that's always really fun uh, about whether the government's going to shut down. But Mitch McConnell doesn't really want that to happen. And it's been it's been gratifying to watch him and Kevin McCarthy kind of spar about this. Senate House Republicans are not getting along about this. Uh, basically, the House Republicans are just raising objections to everything. Like as they do, this bill has everything. So it gives them a chance to be like too much on Social Security, blah, blah, blah. And Mitch McConnell is like, let's just get this done. He's not going to let a shutdown happen. It's not a good look for anybody. It's just like, 
I remember when these happen, it's all about who you can blame. It's all about the framing. Like if you can, I guess, so my sense from this is that Mitch McConnell sees a way in which he can be blamed for for this. This can be his fault. Some other areas of difference between them is we don't hear Mitch McConnell criticizing Trump by name, but in recent weeks, he said that no one who calls for the termination of the Constitution should be president and no one who entertains anti-Semites should be president. Trump had recently done both of those things. Like I said, now nine House Republicans did vote for the short-term spending bill, but overall, I think they want to slow this down because the GOP would love to hold up an ultimate spending bill until 2023, until it gets back in their hands. Fortunately, I don't think they have this power. I'm not quite sure if Democrats are ultimately in charge what the what the issue is. I mean, I guess you need you need the Senate, but I was reading Senator Shelby. I think it's Alabama or Louisiana was saying like, he's a Republican. He's like, we're not even talking to House Republicans. Like they're not even in this. They don't seem interested in in wanting anything. So we're just coordinating with Democrats. And uh, hopefully this will happen, but there will be, you know, more kind of um, hysteria maybe next week about like Democrats are going to, who's going to let the government shut down? Republicans will say it's Democrats because they wanted um, reckless spending. And Democrats will say it's Republicans for refusing to just you know, fund air traffic controllers. So that, that'll that be fun if air traffic controllers can't go to work Christmas. <laughs> oh, no. That's just a comically bad uh, scenario to think about. Boring stuff. If you work for these people, I'm sorry that you are stuck doing this. But another area for this that's sort of interesting is that Democrats know this could be their last chance at progressive legislation, and they're focused on immigration reform. This is something that they think is possible to work into this. There's three House members. Uh, I think all three of them are Latino. They call themselves the Three Amigos, and they have put yeah. forward some proposals here. I believe the measures there do focus on pathways to citizenship for the 11 million undocumented people living in the U.S. now. But these negotiations do come as increased migration near El Paso are drawing attention back to the border, just as the Title 42 border control policy is set to end next week. So since 2020, the federal government has turned away migrants at the U.S. Mexico border, including those who are seeking asylum, using this public health emergency order, which was implemented under the Trump administration. But we've had around for a long time. It basically is like if you have a reason to believe that certain countries there's a communicable disease or there's a public health reason why um, it would be not like safe for Americans, I guess, then you can you can stop that. But this policy, basically, last month, the judge says that the U.S., we don't have the authority to use that anymore. The Biden administration has been pushing to keep it, despite the fact that a lot of people say it's a very cruel policy. Uh, these areas where they're being kept are very, very dangerous. Um, lots of reasons. And also, I mean, people should be able to apply for asylum. That's just part of part of how our immigration system does work. This policy allowed the U.S. to force migrants to either stay in Mexico before entering the U.S. or return there to apply for entry to the United States. So this was really... Um, this was really I, so much of the language around immigration feels so dehumanizing. So I'm trying to be careful. It's like when I see things like a surge, influx, stem yeah. the flow, and I just feel myself like I'm sorry if listeners, if I do that, I try to come up with other ways because it just does not feel like a appropriate way to refer to humans mm-hmm. as like oh, no, we got to put a lid on this. Um, It is going to be quite a lot of people. The Department of Homeland Security is preparing for 9,000 to 14,000 migrants a day, and that is more than double the current number of people crossing. And it is border states and cities that do absorb a lot of the burden. And by burden, I just mean caring for, like, they're going to take care of them. Not, not I don't know if it's all equal in all cities, but there are a lot of centers that absorb this burden. Governor Gavin Newsom visited migrant health care centers yesterday, and he was saying, like, he was like, it's the federal government's fault that we have to sort of deal with this. That is not the state's fault, but we're we're always going to 
to deal with it. But yeah, I don't know. Just something about the headlines around Title 42 just felt very like, like it's about to be a storm of people. And it's like, Jesus, these are human beings who are, who don't want to be doing this. Yeah. These are people who are in a really bad, like they're not in this, they're not walking to the US border because they are like coming, they want to go on like a little trip. Um, It's tough. I mean, we, as Gavin Newsom, Kimberly Guilfoyle's ex is right. Uh, The federal (laughs) government has has kicked the can down the road on creating an actual real orderly immigration process. And there's a lot of reasons for that. We have one side of the debate that really genuinely just doesn't want migrants to come here. Mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Like, it, literally, the last president we had, his the architect of him is immigration policy, Stephen Miller, truly doesn't believe that immigrants should, especially from the Southern Hemisphere, should yeah, be, like, allowed to come into... Yeah. Like, they, he does not believe they should be able to come. So it has made it impossible for us to create an orderly process. And, like, this is actually a huge issue for people who live in El Paso, who people who live in border communities. It is actually dangerous. You know, not that like migrants are dangerous in like inherently themselves, but if you just have a large influx of people who like are coming from a bad situation and have nowhere to go and have had to work with, you know, like extra legal people to even get them into the country, it's just it it is not a good situation and it is scary for the people who live, you know, in those border towns where that actually have to handle this. And it's just, I don't know. I just think about it a lot as like a Cuban American because there was Cuban Americans really benefited from an actual orderly process based in respect Mm -hmm. in the 1960s. Now Cubans who try to come here are put in the same bucket. Like they're treated horribly as well. But like my family's immigration story in the sixties and the eighties, the people that I came there was actually a policy put in place that was like, you can come here, make yourself known to us, and we will work with you to make sh- to vet who you are and mm-hmm. make you a citizen if you do if you do the steps. There was an orderly process based in respect that didn't just assume that all of these people were criminal, whatever. And you know, it's obviously a much smaller population of people, but it worked. It works. Mm-hmm. Like if you treat the immigrants who are coming here with respect and again, create an orderly process that is legal, that does not immediately assume that they are criminals that want to do harm, we could actually sort out the situation that is happening on the border. It just like really reminds me of how Republicans and even some Democrats like the similarities with reproductive rights, where it's like, you know, Republicans are just like, let's just stop it completely. And it's like, you're never going to stop, you know, migrants from coming. You're never going to stop abortions. But then Democrats and said, you know, for a long time, it's divided in like, well, do we actually have to be proactive about this? Do we actually have to, you know, create policy about this? Um, and even yeah. that's like, divi- you know, and like, again, you know, um, with the most, the more centrist ones, again, kicking the cannon down the road, being reactionary. Okay. A bunch of people, you know, influx. And like, the thing is that, you know, again, people are walking as we talk about, you know, surges and all that stuff. Like people are walking, like people are being strategic, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And I just remember common. Yeah, it overwhelms um, even countries where like that make the most sense to go through. Yeah. There are just parts of those areas that are like also overwhelmed. It's just like a devastating, you know, humanity is sad. Well, humanity is sad. And also like these migrants are being informed of like, okay, now's our opportunity right. to go. Or like Trump is out of office. Now we have a chance. Like people have been putting their lives on hold for years or like doing, you know what I mean? So these people are, you know, these are human beings who are informed, who just want the best chance at starting over and creating. And there's so many different, um, you know, circumstances that contribute to, mm-hmm. again, these, you know, 9,000, 14,000 migrants yeah. a day. And it's also like, has to do with how much our country has benefited from these other countries not providing living wages or all this stuff, you know, for us to mm-hmm. use the resource. There's a lot of things that are interconnected and um, yeah, it's really, it's really at least cool to see that the three amigos, which now I'm like thinking about that Disney. I'm like, was that movie? <laughs> One person so- that's not with them is Henry Quaylar. Who's like, we got to stop this. Americans <laughs> matter too. There's like the people that, um, you know, that Tennessee article that you sent us a couple weeks ago about a school in Tennessee, just having a very, um, frankly racist response to this and and a lot of that dehumanizing language like we don't know what to do with the kids but it is not good for like elise said like for for anybody necessarily when classroom sizes are too big and people don't have resources at least when you were saying like orderly processes the biden administration did create a specific process for venezuelans to like do this from there like and and we'll expedite it or something it was just a very appealing and it did work it did um reduce the number of people applying for entry by just coming here. And so I feel like that's just proof of concept. Like if you if you let people know that there is a path if you are patient and we will like provide this for you, then I, I, people some people are willing to wait if they feel safe enough to, but mm-hmm. it's like there's not people aren't getting enough calories in some of these countries. Like Yeah. They don't they also don't want to have to cross the border into another country and put their kids in a school where they don't know the language. But well, it's like it, it's like we've been saying if someone is showing up at our border with like if a mother is showing up at our border with their child and all their stuff in a bag that is because the situation that they are coming from is mm-hmm. so bad that they are like it is safer for me and my child to do what we are doing here it's you know and again it's just this idea of not treating these people like criminal leeches who want to enter our country and take from us it's like if we had a process that assumes people are generally good, people are generally all just people, they want to come here. You know, we obviously, no country can let every single person in. You should know who, it's important for a country to know who is in it mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like, we literally used to do this. I'm thinking about like Ellis Island. Like we used to do this shit by hand. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. tell me that we cannot figure out a way to get, good, decent people who just want to come here and make a better life in this country in a normalized way while also Mm -hmm. making sure that like, I don't know, someone who's bad doesn't come or that we still have, we still know who's in it or whatever. Like there, we have done it in the past and we literally Mm -hmm. did it analog by hand with people writing (laughs) little notes. So you can't tell me we cannot figure something out. Well, I am fairly certain that Kamala Harris will not be reprising her do not come yeah, this time. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was rough. It was rough. I'm glad everybody had fun with the meme though. 
in seventh grade, my um, my class did a fake Ellis Islands thing where we all got like little like we got little identities and we had to go through and like try to get into the U.S. And I had tuberculosis and I was sent back oh. home. <laughs> Maybe my, no Title Forty Two wasn't there yet, but I same, know my same, little card was like energy. you have tuber- you have tuberculosis. I was like fuck, <laughs> and they they did they sent me back to That's Italy. Tough for a kid. That's tough for a kid. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, border states and cities are very stressed about this, and they're handling it in a variety of ways. So as I said, Governor Gazem Newsom, he visited migrant healthcare centers in his state and said, we've got you. We know this is a challenge, and we wish we had more support from the federal government, but it's congressional Republicans' fault, and I will do my best. Meanwhile, in Texas, Greg Abbott, very helpful, is asking Ken Paxton to investigate NGOs to see if they are maliciously, I guess, like helping people cross the border. Yes, that's what they're doing. Uh, but I want to direct NGO our energies. What doing that? Is he an NGO? Because he's doing that. Fair. But I want to direct our energies today to outgoing. I wrote outcoming, so that's where my hangover is today. But I want to direct our energies today to outgoing Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. So he is filling in what he sees as gaps in the United States border with between Mexico with massive shipping containers that he is topping with razor wire. This man is like doing Legos on the United States border. These are not working. Uh, firstly, there are gaps between the shipping containers and protesters are just kind of hanging out there to show like how silly they are. Like you can climb on top, like, um, like people that are arriving at the border are going through a lot in life. They can, they can, they can get over them. Like they've, they have probably gone through more like rougher conditions before, before his little, um, before this box. Also, if you just walked from Guatemala, I'm like, I'll climb the shipping container. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) Like, oh, well, in that case, I can climb. So the other thing is that these – so the Just, Department of Justice is like, you can't do this. But people have pointed out before, you know, these are empty. So they're very heavy, but they could still tip in strong wings and literally wins and literally kill somebody. Uh, I don't know if Doug Ducey cares if they kill a migrant or a migrant child, but there are border security guards. There are people that do maintenance to keep, like, over there. Not good. Not good to just have, like, empty, uh, poorly arranged shipping containers. And regardless of all of the – all of the danger concerns. You can't just fuck with the United States border without an official permit or some sort of authorization. So the Department of Justice is like, take this down. 
something about this has like roller coaster tycoon energy to me where I'm just like, okay, um, I'm going to build a barrier of shipping containers. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to build a barrier of shipping containers and I'm going to release all the zoo animals. Like, <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, so the Department of Justice is suing and telling the states to take take these shipping containers down, get them out of here. For a lot of reasons. They keep referring to Arizona as having trespassed on federal lands, which I just I just like that. But more importantly, the DOJ says that Arizona cut down or removed scores of trees, clogged drainages, and degraded the habitat of species listed under the Endangered Species Act during the installation of these shipping containers. It cost $100 million. So the DOJ is basically like, take these down and you're going to have to pay us back for any damage to federal lands that you caused. I hope it was worth it, Doug. What a fucking idiot. Just you're not gonna stop these people. Also, you just you're term limited. You you're what what why do you need to send this like political message? It's so silly. He's been doing this since July. Terrible. So it's like towards the end of his thing. It's just yeah. like so it, he's killing endangered species. I know, and like making everything uglier. Like God knows that like Arizona specifically if we're talking about climate change and stuff is like they need the trees they really really (laughs) do if there's a place in the fucking country that needs trees it's arizona and to cut them down so that people who can't come are coming we'll have one more barrier Yeah, yeah like fuck off like ridiculous yeah, we might see quite a bit more um, activity around immigration next week. It would obviously be an amazing um, kind of last-minute thing if they can get some sort of pathway for undocumented people. That seems like an incredible first step to just sort of like – like I, I, I'm not super – I don't know a ton about this, but it just seems like wiping that clean – I know it's more complicated than that – like cre- frees up resources to just address the problems and how we're going to continue, you know – welcoming people and making them safe and keeping Americans safe as well. As Millie Tamaris frequently states on this podcast, you can buy absolutely anything on Facebook Marketplace. And apparently (laughs) uh, that includes a trucker hat from the senior senator of Arizona. Independent. The senior independent senator from Arizona. Yes. And of course, a very independent sense of style. Slate's Christina Cotterici discovered this week a number of items for sale from Kirsten Cinema on Facebook Marketplace. Like it, it definitely is her. It's her picture and her name and her location and most notably her style. I think it's things that she's worn. Yeah. And like the only friend that the, like yeah. in the article or whatever, it's like the only mutual friend that Cotterici had with her is like someone who works at the DNC. So it's like- exactly. It's her. <laughs> yeah, and I think there are like comments and some things like, oh, so cool, I got to buy something from a senator. But the user <laughs> is currently hawking, among other things, as Cotterici writes, a $215 cycling ensemble, a $25 trucker hat, a $150 stainless steel watch with a silken strap. And within the past six weeks, she has offloaded a $150 fitness tracker ring, an $80 cycling jersey, and a $500 bicycle travel case. There are so many sales. Uh, she's a she's a prolific reseller on Facebook Marketplace is is the point. The sales go back two years, included many more items. It's a lot of like biking stuff. Uh, the writer bought a pair of Badgley Mishka boots from cinema and hoped to pick them up in person, but alas, they were left at the, the front desk. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman having a very active side hustle. It's just so interesting to 
it's just as Connerichi writes writes this, it's just such a it's such a glimpse into this woman's like life and the type of person she is and the type of senator we have. And uh of course it it tracks, but it is very funny. Number one, because she has this crazy style that we've talked about all the time. Number two, like Kirsten Cinema being a senator is like not her top she took like a weird internship at a wine cellar yeah. like two summers ago. It's like one of three hustles that she has going on. And you guys should read the article because yeah, it's like, it's not like I really, because we talk a lot about why we talk about Kirsten Sinema's clothes. And it's like, I really don't want to suggest that like an only an unserious person would sell their lightly used boots. But if you read the article, because this woman is spending a lot of time doing this, like Cotterici is like, she posted this half an hour before like voting down minimum wage or something. And it's like, it's just, I just like, before we do this little podcast, if we have something intense to talk about, I'm not. I'm not online shop. I'm. I'm just not doing those things. I don't know. I well, would say this about a man too. Like if we find, I'm sure there are men doing this. Like they're fucking selling like insider trading all the time. But it's just odd. It's like be invested. It's just funny to get a glimpse into like a senator's like weird like to it's find a senator's funny. side hustle on that level and. That it's Kirsten Cinema is also funny. One of the things she was selling is a trucker hat that says do epic shit. If you've ever sold anything on Facebook Marketplace, first of all, I just feel like anyone who actively sells multiple things on like deeply unwell, because people are so <laughs> disrespectful. Like you post something for $50, people want it for 10. That's no crazy. one's respecting the prices. Everyone's haggling. You're subjecting yourself to Thousands and thousands, because I sold my car on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Thousands and thousands to of messages. To Kirsten Cinema. Yeah, to Kirsten Cinema. <laughs> no, but it's just like fucking stressful. So I'm like, the fact that she has multiple things up here at once and is soliciting, like, because people really use it as a flea market. Like, I see you have, want $500 for this. I'll give you $20 and you can drop it off at my house. It's like, no, that's not what I said. I guess what I'm thinking is like, I think that people that do this are ve- are very – this is a smart thing to do if you buy a lot of clothes, especially if you're in Congress. Like you may only wear things a couple times. I just am so surprised she has enough time. Yeah. Like I – this is a full-time job. You could do this and make mm-hmm. a living. People that's, do. That's awesome. I just can't believe this is what she's doing. Yeah. She has great – she has great reviews. Apparently, she's very timely in her responses and her like sales and stuff. So like – She's very she detailed. She's maintaining <laughs> this Facebook marketplace on a high level, which kind of just adds to her overall LuLaRoe vibe. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's just like we have really serious issues that she could actually – be integral into and addressing. And mom really can't be. Yeah, yeah like, like she, we, she voted down voting rights. She voted down minimum wage. We don't have like again, thirty-eight states. Can't, people can't get abortion. Like there are big issues that she can actively create change in, or at least do her job or show up at. She doesn't do town halls. Like fuck, if you want to give her right. feedback. You have, do you have to you buy, buy yeah, so That's so true because she never meets with her constituents, but maybe her constituents should start trying to buy her stuff on Facebook Marketplace and then be like, hey, also, by the way, like, 
you're the way you're voting is really bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, now I she's do gonna wonder take it if down, she like yeah. looked up Christina and saw she worked at Slate and was like, "I'm gonna hand this one off just 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 via yeah, the doorman." Maybe, maybe. But it is read the article. It's just a, such a fascinating insight into. Yeah. Not that senators have to be the most serious people ever, but um, she's yeah, an like interesting person. A senator person. can have a Facebook marketplace. It's not, totally. you know, there are worse things about Kirsten Cinema, but it is very it's funny. Sort of and like, also, of course, of course, she's spending a lot of time doing this. Also, like, she's just selling a lot of used cycling clothes, and I personally don't know if I want to wear someone's old I said that. I saw clothes. a singlet, and I was like, I don't think I want that from another right? person. Like, that was like, that was like, that's a camel toe all day situation. Yeah. Right? Maybe if it's like tag new with tags, it's also, a different thing. Also, if I'm an attractive but... female senator, I'm not like selling – I don't yeah. know. I-, I would just hold on well, to that. she's not, so. <laughs> okay, fair. <gasps> uh, all right. We have a couple minutes left. A little bit of housekeeping for the rest of the year. The next two weeks, we're going to have Don't Freak Out one show a week. Mm-hmm. We need to take some time off. Uh, we have not taken holidays off ever, and – I noticed that most brands do, so we made it happen this year. You know, we do the show four times a week. It's a lot of work. Uh, You gals show up, Sammy and Caitlin show up, so it it really means a lot to us to just sort of take some time to refresh. We are going. We have already recorded two awesome episodes for you. They're long. They're delicious. They're funny. Um, We had so much fun recording them yesterday before we got hungover. (laughs) So they, I think we're going to release them on Monday. And you know, if I get a pitch of something that I really want to interview because it feels timely, I'm just going to do it, and I'll see if somebody can join me and we'll publish it if that happens. But our plan is to only publish one episode in the feed for the next two weeks, and those will probably come out on Monday. And then we will be back on uh, Monday, January 2nd. There might be some other changes to our schedule and cadence um, that I want to prepare you for, but they're all exciting changes, and they will be rolling out uh, next year. Uh, so this will be our last daily episode for for 2020. Thank you guys ah! so much. 2022. 2022. Yeah. You oh, <laughs> my God. You guys, we need a We're break. hungover. We're hungover. I'm suffering. Amanda doesn't know what year it is. We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. I said, what did I say? 2020? You said 2020. 2020. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to go. Let's finish strong. Until the end of democracy, I am Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Goodbye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.